0: Afternoon slash evening, and welcome to Faith in the Evening right here on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. I'm your host, Terrence Ward. I'm not joined alongside by Frank Martin this week. Frank, unfortunately, having to uh, be at home with his son, having some medical issues again this week. But you know, we are so happy uh, to hear a message back from Frank that everything's settled down, everything's better. Uh, For those of you who don't know and are not familiar with, with Frank's son, Matthew, he does have... Uh, some medical conditions in which he has seizures uh, a lot of times and very violent and, and uncontrollable seizures. seizures. Uh, so we are we are glad to hear that he's doing better. We're glad to hear Frank is uh, doing better. So makes makes it a lot more uh, makes it a lot more uh, comforting to know as we go into this episode. We're going to talk about the Book of James, chapter two. That is our focus for study. We're going to go verse by verse of this chapter uh, as we continue on through the study of the book of James. We've been kind of in and out here lately, not uh, broadcasting on a weekly basis. Uh, Frank and I's schedules have been just, I mean, absolutely been crazy here lately. Um, not been able to to partner up as much as we would both like, and uh, both dealing with work issues, personal issues. Uh, I know here lately a lot of big changes may be possibly coming uh, here in my work life and, uh, and and are coming in my personal life. Uh, Frank dealing with his business and his family and his his daughter growing up and, and events with her. So very, very busy times here for us to be able to sit down and to be able to have these, these wonderful studies and these wonderful conversations about the Word of God. But we're going to start out here, the book of James, chapter 2, uh, verse 1. "'My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons.'" Uh, that's coming from the King James Version. We're going to switch over to the Amplified Version as it breaks down and lets us know this is the sin of partiality. Rereading verse 1, My fellow believers, do not practice your faith in our glorious Lord Christ with an attitude of partiality, such as toward the people. Show no favoritism, no prejudice, no snobbery. For if a man come into your meeting place wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in dirty clothes also comes in, and you pay special attention to the one who wears the fine clothes and say to him, You sit here, in this spot, in this place? You tell him to sit in this good seat, and you tell the poor man to stand over there or sit down on the floor by my footstool. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with wrong motives? So, first and foremost, the sin of partiality. Here God, or the author in the book of James, is talking about practicing your faith indiscriminately. I mean, 100% unadulterated, focus on Christ. Christ Christ-oriented, that is the definition of being a Christian. We talked about that on our last broadcast when we covered uh, chapter 1 of James. You cannot be Christ-like without having Christ as your center. He has to be the center. Christ was not a discriminator. He was not a a person who said, well, I'm going to pay particular attention and and hang out with those of high society and those with everything they could possibly want. He was there with those of the lowly. He was there with those who had nothing, who were murderers, who were tax collectors, who were uh, prostitutes, who were slaves. He reached to the low and the meek, That is the ones he reached out to. And that's not saying that you shouldn't engage those in in, in quote-unquote higher society or those with, like they say, gold rings, but you should treat each individual as the same. In verse 5, listen, my beloved brothers and sisters, has not God chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and as believers to be heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? Verse 6, but you, in contrast, have dishonored the poor man. Is it not the rich who oppress and exploit you? and personally drag you into the courts of law? Do they not blaspheme the precious name of Christ by which you are called? If, however, you are really fulfilling the royal law according to Scripture, quote, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That is, if you have an unselfish concern for those or for others and do things for their benefit, you are doing well. But if you show partiality, prejudice, favoritism, you are committing sin and are convicted by the laws as offenders. For whoever keeps the whole law, but stumbles in one point, he has become guilty of breaking all of it. Because here's the thing, the Ten Commandments, for for just as a basis here, there are other commandments God has given us throughout Scripture, but those are probably the most recognized. If we were living in the times of Moses, whenever he delivered uh, the Israelis from the, uh, to the Promised Land from Egypt, Whenever he returned from Mount Sinai with those tablets, they were laws that God had given them to follow. It was a moral code, and it was a spiritual code. Things that he wanted them to observe and to incorporate into their lives to make them closer to him, to make them more, uh, to make them more whole, more perfect. And in one of those laws, let's say we take, uh, thou shalt honor thy father and mother. We sh- uh, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not bear false witness, lie. If you broke one of those laws, just one, you were guilty of breaking all of them. All of them. If your boss comes in and asks you, hey, did you get this job done today? Yeah, I got it done. And they go verify whether or not you got it done and and, and you didn't do it, you lied. You didn't just, you know, lie to them. You, you bore false witness. And so in God's eyes, you have broken the commandments. You have sinned against him. You have broke all of the laws, not just one in particular. See, man's justice and God's justice are two separate things. Where in man's world, in our justice system, if you're guilty of breaking one law, you're guilty of breaking one law. Just because you may lie on a tax return doesn't mean you murder somebody. I'm not saying God's comparing... Uh, comparing I'm, we're not comparing you to a murderer, obviously. But in God's eyes, all sin is equal. So therefore, you're breaking one law, you're breaking them all. For he said, do not commit adultery. Also said, do not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but you murder, you have become guilty of transgressing the entire law. Speak and act consistently as people who are going to be judged by the law of liberty, that moral law that frees obedient Christians from the bondage of sin. For judgment will be merciless to one who has shown no mercy, but... To the one who has shown mercy, mercy triumphs victoriously over judgment. Now moving on into faith and works. Verses 14, uh, let's see here, I believe it's 14 through the rest of this chapter, talks about faith and works. You see, y- you can't get to heaven by work alone. You can. My old English teacher told me, my late English teacher, who uh, was one of my best friends in school, his mother, told us very plainly and said, the pathway to hell is paved with good intentions and good works. And you know, at the time, I, I kind of thought, oh, well, that's a cool saying. You know, shes I can see what she's saying. But I, I have a deeper understanding of that now as I've gotten older, 10 years later, 11 years later. Um, I can see exactly what she meant by that. You can be a good person. You can do good things, you can donate to charity, you can volunteer your time to a nonprofit organization. you can help volunteer with the Red Cross or the Salvation Army or uh, donate to Caleb every month as there, which we do encourage any of those things. but you can do all of those things, but without faith, it's meaningless. Without faith in Christ's sacrifice, it means nothing. It may mean something to a select few here during this short time on earth. But that's the key word. It's short. See, eternity is forever. It's never-ending. And when we pass from this plane into the next, that is when our judgment happens. And will we have accepted Christ as our Savior, taking into account the sacrifice He made for us so that we could receive that free gift of salvation, so that we could receive entry into the kingdom of God? That's the question to ask. So, we take the faith, we take our works. If we have faith in Christ, we're going to produce good works. That's if we're consistently following the Word of God. Consistently following the law that God has set out for us. If we're consistently doing that and having faith in Christ, we're going to produce good works. Our heart of stone will be replaced with a heart of flesh. We will have that tender side. We will have that soft side so that we can minister and be a good minister of Christ to those around us. So looking at verse 14, What is the benefit, my fellow believers, if someone claims to have faith but has no good works as evidence? Can that kind of faith save him? No. A mere claim of faith is not sufficient. Genuine faith produces good works. If a brother or sister is without adequate clothing and lacks enough food for each day, and one of you says to them, Go in peace with my blessing. Keep warm and feed yourselves. But he does not give them the necessities for the body to do what... Or excuse me, for the body. What good does that do? So too faith. If one does not have works to back it up, it's by itself dead. Inoperative. And ineffective. In verse 18, But someone say, You claim to have faith, and I have good works. Show me your alleged faith without works, if you can. And I will show you my faith by works. That is by what I do. You believe that God is one. You do well to believe that. The demons also believe that and shudder and bristle and all feel all terror. They have seen his wrath. But are you willing to recognize, you foolish, spiritually shallow person, that faith without good works is useless? Was our father Abraham not shown to be justified by works of obedience which expressed his faith? when he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar as a sacrifice to God, you see that his faith was working together with his works. And as a result of the works, his faith was completed, reaching maturity when he expressed his faith through obedience. So you see, you must have faith and you must have works to complete the maturity of your faith, just as it said. And I'm going to make a, a quick little pause here, so that way I don't uh, I don't lose my spot, but I... You have to practice that good faith in Christ, and you have to produce good works. But if you have that faith in Christ, if you truly have a good relationship with Christ, you are going to be producing good works. I'm not saying it's going to magically happen on its own, but you're going to have that desire, that want, and that need to complete that faith by going out and reaching other people, whether it's fellow Christians or whether it's the lost. Preferably more lost because they really need to know the sacrifices that God has made for them, that Christ has given them, that renewed hope and that renewed strength that they have through him. The local homeless shelters, the, the local soup kitchens, things of that nature can really mean the difference in somebody's life. And when they see your faith and your works in harmony together through Christ Jesus, you can move mountains. You can take somebody's heart of stone that has cursed God that has thrown God into the dumpster, that has taken everything that they can to put a stake between them and God. You can finally help lift that veil, remove that stake, put God back on the front burner and take that heart of stone and turn it into flesh once again so that they can understand the love that God has for them, but only through faith and works. Faith is good. Good works is okay but without both, it's meaningless. And the scripture was fulfilled in verse 23. It says, and scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God, and this faith was credited to him by God as righteousness and as conformity to his will. And when he was called the friend of God, excuse me, and he was called the friend of God, you see that a man believer is justified by works and not by faith alone. That is, by acts of obedience, a born-again believer reveals his faith. In the same way, as a Rahab the prostitute, not justified by works too, when she received the Hebrew spies as guests and protected them and sent them away to escape by a different route, for just as the human body without the spirit is dead, so faith works of obedience is also dead. So you can't have both or you can have both, excuse me, you can't have one without the other. You must have both whenever you're out there ministering to those around you. We're going to take a quick break uh, for our sponsor, Simply Stitch Designs, who have been just absolutely wonderful to us. Uh, Amanda and Adam Prestige, uh, some really good uh, Christian individuals who have uh, been a good partner with us, who have helped us maintain this broadcast for uh, a full year. And of course, we also want to uh, thank them for some awesome Uh, customized products that we have, coffee mugs, polo shirts, you name it, uh, t-shirts, hats. I think, I think I've uh, bought a couple of things from them to to help fund them for, for a little bit. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's not a whole lot, but definitely their business is picking up and they are doing phenomenal. Two good Christian individuals, Amanda and Adam Prestige of Simply Stitch Designs. We're going to take a break to recognize them when we come back. We're going to talk about news topics after we wrap up this study. Uh, we're going to talk about things going on here in the world of T-Word Media and of course, Faith in the Evening. We'll be back right after this. Searching for a hot new outfit but tired of everyone having the same look? Simply Stitch Designs specializes in custom and personalized designs for screen printing, full-color vinyl graphics, sublimation printing, embroidery, and direct-to-garment printing. Whether it's one item or a thousand, no order is too big or too small. Come by today at 110 Northeast Front Street in Walnut Ridge, Arkansas or call 870-897-1288 for more information. It's Simply Stitch Designs in historic downtown Walnut Ridge. Simply Stitched Designs of Historic Downtown Walnut Ridge here in Walnut Ridge, Arkansas, uh, home of the only, only Beatles visit to Arkansas here in Walnut Ridge. Definitely a festival coming up in September. If you want to sponsor that event, you can contact us at uh, contact at twardmedia.com. We'll get you the information on how you can sponsor that. The City of Walnut Ridge and Downtown Walnut Ridge Nonprofit uh, working together. Uh, To help fund this event, we had our first meeting, uh, I believe the week before last, I want to say. We had that meeting and it was very successful. We talked about uh, things coming up and making uh, some small minor changes to uh, vendor issues and some of the things that we learned from last year, but uh, it is amazing uh, Won the 2017 Arkansas uh, Fest Best Festival of the Year Award I believe it was from, let's see, I can't remember where that's at, but it's on Facebook Go to Beatles at the Ridge on Facebook and you can see uh, the award won there I think we won three awards uh, John Walter, he's the website uh, designer and webmaster He won a silver award for that, so a fantastic website Congratulations to him And of course, Best T-Shirt Design and Best Festival went to uh, us at Beatles at the Ridge. I serve on the committee there and a wonderful group of people who work tirelessly every year, literally. Once the festival is over and cleanup is done, we have like maybe uh, a two-month break. But in January, we are back on it, trying to get this thing planned, getting everything together, everything together, excuse me. And we've already had people reaching out, wanting to talk to us about potential performances and uh, just it's it's been nuts this past uh, this past month, but that's good. That's perfect. People are reaching out wanting to get back involved in this, and, and that's that's amazing. Uh, also, had the recent opportunity to work with uh, Fred Dell at Studio Thirty One. He's a videographer uh, who does you know wedding videos, commercials, things of that nature. Uh, this is the second time I've gotten to work with him. The first time was uh, for a commercial done for Black River Technical College uh, for their auto collision program. Uh, this most recent time being for Access Medical Clinic, uh, which is a uh, franchise operations, uh, medical clinic operation that's based in uh, Blackrock, Rock, Bono, Jonesboro, Perigold. I, I think it's pretty much all over northeast Arkansas. Uh, but a commercial was recently produced for them. Uh, he hired me on to try to he hired me on and had me do the voiceover for it. We actually had a little bit of a of a voice search for a female voice actor to try to do the script reading for us. And we were unsuccessful. Uh, sent him a, a preview of what I could do in a one-shot send, and uh, it was he liked it well enough, he used it for their commercial, that preview this week. So very exciting, very awesome opportunity there, and I want to thank Fred on our podcast for letting us to be able to do that. God has, has really been blessing me and blessing those around me uh, as we've gone through this year. You know, winter is coming to a close. First, our spring is just coming around the corner this month. We spring forward March 11th, so don't forget to turn your clock dials forward one hour, uh, it's very important. You don't want to be an hour early for work or an hour late for work. I think, yeah, an hour late for work that would be, that'd be tough. Depending on how much you make per hour, uh, and depending on where your attendance is, that that could be could be bad if you're on a points-based system for tardies and attendances. But you know, this week we lost uh, Billy Graham, the uh, one of uh, America's dubbed pastor. <laughs> hey, that to, to simply put it, uh, he met with thirteen. American presidents from Harry Truman to current president Donald Trump. Quotes from interviews and correspondence and other writings give us a glimpse into the evangelist's relationship with each successive occupant of the Oval Office. Each president with whom Graham met couldn't help but be impacted by his faith. There were some quotes that were given to ChristianHeadlines.com that allows us to see a small glimpse of the truly monumental influences Reverend Graham had on these presidents as they sought to lead the nation. And I'm going to say something else too. Uh, not just U.S. presidents, but foreign heads of state as well. Uh, Queen Elizabeth II, uh, the reigning monarch of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, uh, and their Commonwealths—just an incredible relationship between those two. I was watching uh, the Crown; it was a Netflix series uh, that was, for the most part, not not a not a bad series. And of course, they started started putting some inappropriate scenes in there and then really just it kind of got out of hand so I will not be continuing to watch that show as disappointing as it was there was actually an episode where they covered the beginning of that special special relationship between uh, the Reverend Billy Graham and Queen Elizabeth II who uh, they shared a mutual friendship for the rest the remainder of his life so an incredible story there about that but Harry Truman quote don't worry about it i realized You hadn't been properly briefed, Billy Graham in his autobiography, Just As I Am, recalling Truman's acceptance of his apology in 1967 for his actions during a White House visit years earlier. The Christian History Institute provides a backstory to Graham's first encounter with Truman, which went terribly awry. In July 1950, 31-year-old Billy Graham and three associates met with President Harry Truman, uh, unschooled and presidential protocol, they offended Truman by spilling the contents of their conversation to a waiting press. They then agreed to a much-photographed prayer session on the White House lawn. As Graham's fame spread and Democratic leaders noticed his influence, Truman persistently refused further contact. He referred to Graham as one of those counterfeits. He claimed, uh, claims he's a friend of all presidents, but he was never a friend of mine when I was president. Only much later did the two men find a... Uh, basically a a way of reconciliation. No one could have predicted the first disastrous encounter with the president would establish an unparalleled legacy. uh, Billy Graham stood in the glare of public scrutiny with U.S. presidents and other heads of state for more, more than any Christian leader. Their friendships gave him unprecedented opportunity for spiritual influence that also came with great risk. It is easy to cross the line between pastoral presence and political partisanship and several times during his story life Billy Graham had to redraw that line. Uh, but there's you can get those from christianheadlines.com for more quotes from those former presidents and current president. As we continue on through christianheadlines.com there are a lot of things that are developing some breaking news uh, things covering the shooting in Florida, or the, there was a shooting, excuse me, at Central Michigan University that has unfortunately left two dead. Uh, I believe pe- police are on the scene working that scene. I'm not sure at this time if it is still active or if the suspect is in custody or has been incapacitated from that. Um, again, that, that is some breaking news today. Of course, uh, the Winter Olympics in, in Pyeongchang uh, recently uh, just came to a close, which uh, is, is yeah, a little disappointing. My fiance really loves the Olympics, so she's not been too happy about that. <laughs> so, uh, she's not happy it's over with, but, uh, I am. We can finally watch something different today. Uh, nonetheless, folks, that is the ChristianHeadlines.com headlines of the day. Uh, you can take a look at those again from ChristianHeadlines.com. We want to thank you so much for joining us for that quick read through, uh, James chapter 2. We're going to continue on and read the whole book of James by the end of this study. And we hope and pray that you'll join us next time. Share this podcast, let people know about it, let them know how much you uh, pre- how much you love the studies that we're talking about. If there's topics you want us to talk on, we are more than ecstatic to take those into consideration. Just email us at contact at twardmedia.com. For all of us at Faith in the Evening, on behalf of Frank, who's not here, myself uh, and myself and Frank... <laughs> We want to thank you for tuning in to Faith in the Evening. God loves you, and so do we.